Um, I don't, I, I listened to the first episode and I was like, this is so freaking bad. And I was going to take it down, but like, I think you guys should just bear with me. Um, we're going to get better at this together. Obviously, I am terrible at this. I still want to do this, though, um, just because I feel like there is hope. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, you know, I will get better. And, and I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't even know if anyone is going to listen to this. So it's like, for now, it's like purely for me. Um, just Just kind of like a passion project, if you will. I'm going to keep that first episode up just so that, who knows, like, I can listen to it later on, and I'm, I'm such a, such a memory hoarder, like, <laughs> I have a memory folder, which with, like, memories of literally every year of my life, I have birthday invites from, like, fourth grade, it's insane, um, so yeah, I will never delete anything, <laughs> especially not that first episode, um, and and you know what I was I was watching this thing online um I think it was on Instagram and this lady was saying like how are you going to have an online presence or like try to have an online presence but like want to keep your identity like anonymous it won't work or something like that and I was like hmm you know what that does make sense and like I mean I'm not okay saying my name not that anyone cares but like I, I think I might give a little more info about myself. I think I'm okay saying, like, you know, I'm 23 years old. Um, I'm married. <laughs> um, graduated um, with an honors um, in psychology. Um, and I am working in the legal field. <laughs> okay. So that's me. Um, and then for today, I thought it would be fun to, like, or not fun, I'm sorry, like, helpful to go through, like, the uh, CPTSD subreddit, just because I feel like there are so many, like, like, epiphanies, good points, like, really, like, really good rants on there, some questions that maybe I can talk about, I feel like, I feel like I want to do that, I've been wanting to do that for quite some time, so, yeah, let's get into it. Alrighty, let's get into the CPTSD subreddit. Um, so first of all, I, I want to talk about this rant that someone posted that I feel like I just resonated with so much. And it's this um, like saying that a lot of people like tell us that like, oh, only you hold yourself back absolutely no i do not i am trying my absolute freaking best every single day and i know that other people that have similar like struggles like mental health struggles are absolutely doing their best every single day i feel like those kinds of sayings really only work for like neurotypical people <laughs> and and honestly maybe it's the kind of people i surround myself with i have a hard time believing that anyone really is neurotypical I feel like I've never met any neurotypical person, or if I have, I feel like they're hiding something. Like maybe that you know says more about me. <laughs> it does about them. 
um, it's, 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 it's crazy. Like when I hear that, I mean, as someone who has been through, you know, so much abuse and, and have, have been left with like dealing with complex trauma and, and I have been hit with it actually very hard as soon as I got out of the, the toxic situation that I was in. It's completely debilitating. And I feel like people really don't get how debilitating it is. I am not holding myself back by any means. I mean, I feel like that comes from people who really have never really struggled to get out of bed in the morning or struggled to like get shit done literally to take a shower to brush our teeth like it's it's a freaking struggle it makes me so feel so lazy and like so weak because i feel like i should be better than this i should be stronger than this like i'm letting my own thoughts and like my you know, emotions, and emotions aren't real, and they're getting to me, whatever, that doesn't work for people that actually have very serious mental health struggle, struggles, which is really any mental health struggle, it doesn't work, and it really pisses me off, okay, and you know what, even if you strongly believe that someone you're saying this to is, like, completely neurotypical, no, like, trauma, no, like, any mental health struggles, still, I mean, come on, you do not know what someone's going through. Like this, I feel like this is the shittiest advice you can ever give someone. Only you hold yourself back. No. I was born with like a shit ton of intergenerational trauma. I never had a chance from the first day. Like, absolutely, it is not just me holding me back. Like, my genes are holding me back as well. interesting one I see here um so just scrolling through I saw that someone has posted like like I can't wait until my abuser dies I won't truly feel at peace until then and like you know I felt the same way um I really did um I felt like the only way God was going to make things right with me or right by me was to kill my abuser and in the harshest way possible and, and in a way that would leave like pain of, 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 in, in everyone around him. And then he, he actually did die, um, you know, and I won't get into too much detail and there's no reason to. The point is like I found out that he did pass away and I did not react the way that I thought I would. I mean, I thought I would be over the moon. I thought I would be grateful. I thought I would be like, I would feel like avenged almost. But but no, like, and it could be because at the time, like I was struggling emotionally. And I just felt envious almost. It's like, for me, it was like how... Are you allowed to just cause me, like, so much pain in my life? And then just leave. 
you know, and, and, and as far as I know, you know, he's had like a pretty okay life up until then. And so for me, it was like, so uh, literally getting goosebumps right now, thinking of myself back then. And I'm not trying to get like all depressive and like upset. It's more that the, the heartache I was feeling, it was like, it felt like he got an easy way out. And that's when I realized, like, nothing really was going to make me feel good about my abuser, about anything about my abuser, even in his death. Like, there was nothing that could have happened to him that would have made me feel avenged, realistically. Like, I mean, sure, if he got, like, <laughs> dropped from, like, an airplane in the middle of the ocean and, like, never found, maybe. I mean, who knows? That hasn't happened. So, from what I heard, it was, like, a pretty, like, natural death. Um, and I think that's also part of the reason, um, I felt so angry. It's like, really? Really? Like, (laughs) you're gonna die from, like, natural causes? Like, after all the pain that you caused me? You don't deserve to die of, of natural causes. And so, but yeah, like, again, that's why I felt so angry. But, like, I also kind of envious at the time because... I was going through like kind of a depressive episode at the time. I felt like I would love that easy way out, you know? It felt like he just got like a, he got away with it. And it felt like for me, like, I want to, I wanted to be able to get away like that. Obviously, I'm not trying to say I was suicidal. I know I, I was, but I, I don't, I wasn't, it's not that I wanted to die. It just felt like, and maybe that's because I don't completely like comprehend the concept of death and then being faced with it, with my abuser dying. Like, I really came to realize that I don't, I don't quite understand it, but for me, it felt like he's moved on. That's what it is. Like, I felt like he's moved on. He's moved on to the afterlife, and I'm still stuck in this shit, in this life, dealing with the trauma that he's left me with. Yeah, but with, like, what was I saying? What I was saying is, like... Yeah, but with, like, complex trauma. It is It is a little more complicated than just one abuser, huh? Like... And and that's completely unrelated from that post about, you know, with this uh, person wanting their abuser to die and for me talking about my abuser actually passing away. I think all that has led me to think about, like, how with complex trauma, there's more than one abuser typically. And, like, I've just realized that my, the way I relate to every one of those abusers, it's so different. I think what's different is like the hope in in my relationship that I have with those abusers. For that abuser that passed away, I had absolutely no hope in our relationship. I wanted him to just leave me alone. And actually, when he passed away, I hadn't spoke to him, I think, in like five years or something. But then I have like other abusers in my life. Um, um, you know, like my parents, for example, and I know... That a lot, of, a lot of people with CPTSD would like relate to this. Like my relationship with my parents has always been like extremely complicated, and I won't get into the nitty gritties, but I feel like, 
if one of my parents were to die, I would have been absolutely shattered. And I think it all goes back to like how much hope did I have at the time of their passing of like having some sort of relationship with them. Like I'm thinking about my mom and you know, I am, I am, I will admit this. I'll be the first person to admit this. I have insane freaking mommy issues. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was reading over, like, like what mommy issues are and, like, what it would mean to, like, have mommy issues for, like, a, you know, for a woman. And, like, I'm like, okay, that is me. I am nothing but a symptom. <laughs> but, yeah, I have insane mommy issues. Uh, me and my mom, a very extremely bumpy relationship all my life. Constantly felt like I was, like having to beg, fight, work for, like, love and attention. But if my mom were to pass, I think I would be absolutely freaking shattered. Because my mom has never really closed the door on, like, us rebuilding a relationship. In fact, it felt like she was always open to it, but she would always make me feel like, you're the reason we can't have a relationship. You're too difficult. But I mean, now that I'm kind of like growing up and we don't live under the same roof anymore, and distance really does make re- like these very intense, like complicated relationship uh, relationships a little more easier. Just because of that distance, I feel like I'm able to like shut her up for a second, think, and then respond, which I I don't have that luxury in like real life. She'll just keep going at me. But I think, like, if my mom were to pass, it would be, like, shit, like, the hope of, like, us having a normal relationship gets completely shattered. And I don't think I would be able to handle that. And so, like, I think that's something else to think about um, when, like, thinking about, like, your abuser dying or, like, dealing maybe with, like, an abuser dying is, like, maybe the way I'm dealing with this abuser dying will not be the same way I will deal with, like, one of my other abusers dying. And and the, the name says it all, right? Like, we do have very complex trauma. There's, like, a very complex set of relationships, uh, very, like, complicated, like, uh, systems of abuse going on, a lot of, like, intergenerational trauma most of the time. I think I will for sure make an episode about I can talk about intergenerational trauma for like five hours I will talk people's ears off (laughs) but I'm moving on Um, I want to also I think maybe for the last one there's like a question that someone put out on the subreddit and it's anyone else intensely mourning their childhood I could talk about this for hours as well. And and I, I only felt it when I got out of the toxic um, household that I was in. And the way my therapist explained it to me is like when you're in fight or flight, like when you're focusing on only surviving, like you're feeling the effects of your trauma while you're trying to like survive for sure. But your brain isn't able to like process it at all. You're literally just taking it one day at a time. Like, let's get through this. Let's get through this day. Let's keep this body alive. Let's keep her alive. You're not, you're not able to sit there and like ruminate. You know what I mean? Like think about what went wrong, how you could have avoided it, how other people could have avoided it, etc. So I feel like now that I'm living alone and like 
completely out of that situation. I've had all the time in the world, all the energy, all the resources to just sit there and mourn. And I mean like absolutely mourn. What 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 really inspired me to like making this podcast was a hundred percent the very intense depressive episode I've been trapped in. I would say for the past three months. It's been absolutely horrendous. I mean I mean I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful to have a psychiatrist to be able to work with and and, and a therapist to be able to like work with to deal with uh, this depressive episode. And I know that's not like a privilege that other people have and that's certainly not a privilege that I had um, once in my lifetime uh, I'm very grateful that for that but I could not imagine having to deal with this intense mourning and depression about what I have missed out on being busy surviving while I was still in that situation, when I was not able to get therapy, when I was not allowed to see a doctor, I could not have made it on my own. Which which leads me to feeling bad. Okay, it leads me to feeling bad for people that are in that situation where they are dealing with this intense mourning of the childhood that they missed out on with not many very many resources and sometimes really it's not because of your environment sometimes it's it's mental sometimes it's like it's very hard to ask for help extremely hard especially when you've been rejected invalidated your whole entire life no one can expect us to just you know dust off our shoulders and just go to therapy it's so much more complicated than that but wow i just went on a whole entire side tangent i'm so sorry guys like (laughs) I ramble, I really do ramble, and I'm sorry, but anyway, (laughs) yeah, so back to mourning the childhood, I think for me, what has been really, really tough to come to terms with, and, and my psychiatrist did point out that this is like more, I'm, I'm, I'm ruminating about stuff that happened in the past, but with a very like, negative outlook, um, very like uh, an outlook that makes me feel extremely guilty um so like i mentioned before like me and my mom did not have a good relationship and it always felt like i was fighting for love and attention and even begging at times really my mom bless her um (laughs) she would make it feel like it was my fault i mean that she wasn't able to give me love and attention and like help me um it was because I was difficult. It was because I pushed her away because I'm not being good. It was because I wanted to be a rebel, which, I mean, looking back is insane, but, you know, moving on. <laughs> but now in my depressive episode and, like, mourning my childhood and getting out of that toxic household, my I've been thinking about those moments and been like, you know what, maybe it was you, like, maybe you're the reason all these terrible shit that's been happening to you, because you're difficult, you're hard to deal with, you're rebellious, and you, you just make people hate you, you make people want to scream at you, and make them want to push you away, which is insane, because if you knew me while I was in this toxic situation, anyone who would talk to me, I would be like, oh, my mom, you know, she, 
She really thinks I'm to blame. Obviously, she's the one to blame. You can never blame a child. The parent should be responsible, etc. So getting out of that toxic household and falling deep into this depression, I started thinking about things, and I still am. I'm still trying to break out of it. I started thinking about the situations that I was in in a completely different light, in a way that was like, what have I done? I ruined my childhood. No one else did. And it's terrible. And, and and maybe it's just that literally I've just gotten out of the toxic situation. And I know with time, you know, I'm going to be able to process things a little better. I've also started like EMDR and therapy, which I know is supposed to like help you process the traumatic memories and help it just move from like your working memory to your long-term memory which like reduces flashbacks all of that good stuff but yeah but but you know what but now that i i am coming out of my depressive episode a little more and i do have those moments of like epiphanies i i call them where like no no i was not a bad kid i was severely depressed um it wasn't my fault that i was depressed i was getting abused and no one was believing me. Um, my parents were strict. Um, you know, I was—I had no social life. I was not allowed to leave the house. And um, I mean, I could go on for ages. I'm not going to validate my trauma. Ugh, stop that. Um, but yeah, my point is, it was very much not my problem. But you know what? Even even if I was like a very, like energetic, like. Um, hard to whatever the fuck that means hard to deal with kid at the end of the day cut yourself some freaking slack no kid should be held so accountable that they're like severely punished for it for like their behaviors or <laughs> look at the adult what the fuck are you doing you're the parent i'm not here to parent you i'm a child I wasn't born to be like a freaking golden child. I'm me. I'm, I'm my own person. I'm going to have my own set of challenges and my, my personality is developing and that's fine. I'm, being, I'm normal. As an adult, as a parent, you, you should... You're responsible. That's my point. If, if, if your child is depressed, don't look at your child and be like, what are you doing? stop trying to get attention you're not depressed this is what you always do no no shut up for a second and look at yourself look at yourself as a parent because you're the adult in the situation don't look at the child oh my god another rant <laughs> I, I i don't know what direction to take this i mean I, I don't know if i should let just let myself ramble or just stay very organized i think in the meantime since i don't think anyone will listen i'm just literally raw dog in every episode <laughs> every episode is just like i i do plan a little beforehand i mean literally this is the second episode why have i why am i talking like i've been doing this for five years but anyway for this episode i wrote out some like notes and i'm like let's raw dog her let's do this and i think i think i did okay honestly i think this is a pretty fun cute little episode 